Welcome to the Tad and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast. And here we are for month number three, the third episode of the Hoffa Day Podcast. I'm Ted, and that happens to be Brad. All right, Brad, give us the real quick elevator speech. Hoffa Day, what does Hoffa Day mean? All right, so I lived on Guam for three years, and that's how they greet each other. They just say, Hoffa Day. Hoffa Day could mean, uh, it could mean um, um, how you doing, or how's it going, or you know, just your colloquial, hey, dude, what's going on? So this last month, Hoffa Day. Hoffa Day. How's your month been this last month? Oh, it hasn't been that bad at all. I meant, uh, you know, I, I don't know if uh, you're into winter, but I definitely am not. No. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to the springtime popping up. In fact, uh, we've already got the daffodils in the in the front yard already um, up and, and fully blooming. So they said it was going to be an early spring. And so I totally agree with them. And so I'm just waiting for the leaves to get back on the trees and, and start running again. I don't like running at this time of year because there's no leaves on the trees and it's cold and such like that. Yeah. So you'll see me squirreling at the gym or something like that. It's just so. kind of depressing. For yeah, those it was not there. bad, though. Well, Valentine's Day was uh, uh, was last month and things. And uh, so did you come out on top in Valentine's Day? or did, What kind uh, of an innuendo is that? No, no, not going there. Family programming here. Oh, but uh, uh, who, who had the upper hand there, you or, or Laura, as far as Valentine's Day? Who impressed you the most? Oh, I, I would say that uh, Laura just uh, needed deep right now buried in work so she wasn't really concerned about valentine's day so i had to put out pull out all the stops and uh, how'd the coupon book go coupon book is awesome i meant when you look at it and she's like oh you know it's like oh <laughs> you know this women get weepy whenever you put something together so and this is not the j World three coupon book that we talk about <laughs> <laughs> that she gave, she gave laura tell us tell us about this We're coupon book because this could be not just valentine's day. you could do this for any time yeah you actually could um a, a while ago um you know, I, I, she always is asking me to do these certain things, and sometimes I'm begrudgingly just, you know, sure. shutting my mouth and doing it. And like I, what things? Well, yeah, I think one of the things is is I've got to go out and um, wash a certain amount of clothes for okay. her just every now and then or something like that. And, oh, man, it just... <laughs> takes takes it out of the way or or you know it's like you get to cook tonight or something like that and it's like no wait a minute i so we came up with this uh or i did came up with this coupon book and it's just a a, a little coupon book it's i think it's like 15 pages long and it just looks like a j103 coupon book it's probably about an inch by about three inches uh-huh. but Inside it says, this coupon is good for one free hug, or it is one for one free meal, or uh, clothes washing without me saying a word. (laughs) So, yeah. Has she used any? Has she cashed in any of them yet? I don't think she's cashed in any. I think she's waiting for the right time. Okay. Either that or you've probably hidden them somewhere where you can't No, I I haven't seen it. It's probably in a a drawer somewhere. She'll bring it out. I got in trouble um, at home this year. I uh, I actually did a handmade card. A what? I, 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 online, I did a computer type, okay. type card, Valentine's Day card, and uh, and I did get her a uh, um, a massage coupon for uh, a real full not me you know but a, a full massage at at the barn, um, the spa at the barn or whatever that thing's called. And uh, um, Amy's been under a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. We've had some uh, uh, some family drama going on in our life the last couple of months and things and stuff. And so I don't think she meant it, and she's pro- she would probably be embarrassed. I don't know why I'm saying it now. I'm going to get in trouble. Uh-oh. But, uh, um, but she said, I can't believe you didn't get me a card this year. Oh, what? And I said, I did get you. I, I typed up something for you on the email type thing. And again, 
it was just because there's a lot of stress and a lot of stuff going right. on. I know she appreciated it big time, and she really will definitely appreciate when she goes for a massage and has that hour of just you know nothing there. So, hey, listen, while we're here, well, I have a question. Yeah, though. go back on that. Was she giving you grief because there was not a physical, tangible card that was delivered into her hands? Yeah, I Is think that what so. it was. I think so. You know, instead, I printed off this uh, this thing that I put with some pictures and stuff like that right. that I put together and uh, had it there with the with the this gift certificate for the massage. Okay, thing. and I had that on the counter because see, I get up in the mornings and I'm out before she wakes up. Right, and of course I got up that morning and there was a card for me Aww. and and a box of uh, a box of chocolates uh, there for me and uh, um, and so I, there was a thought that ran through my mind. That, oh shoot! I should have got her a card. You oh know, wow! It wasn't like I didn't forget. I didn't, you know. Right. And, uh, um, and so anyway, we're we're cool. Everything's fine now. Women but, dig uh, tangible things. I know. I know. Anything online is verboten. Do you know what? Uh, um, and this kind of goes into, into this here. Do you know what your what what's Laura's love language? Laura's love language. And those of you that may not know, there's five love languages. There's personal touch. There's words of affirmation. There's uh, gifts, there's uh, quality time, and then there's acts of service. Those are the five love languages. Yeah, I would say that uh, it's got to be uh, um, quality time. Really? Yeah, quality time. Totally. Yeah, Amy's is quality time and acts of service. Yes. That's what hers is. Mine is words of affirmation and physical touch. Really? Yeah. What's yours? <sighs> Frick, I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> let me think. Um, probably words of affirmation. Probably words of affirmation. It, it's very hard for me to accept a compliment, you know, even from my, my wife. You know, she'll say, oh, you did a fantastic job. And I say, oh, you're just saying that so we can move on to some other subject. <laughs> so is that what really makes your love tank filled up then when she does use words of affirmation? Yeah. When, you, when, she's, when she means it and sincere, yeah, um, there's just been um, just a lot of distraction at the house, yeah. you know, from other things. And it, it's not directed at me or something like that. It's uh, her side of the family, you know, who lives in North Carolina, all the goofiness sure. going on. But, yeah, I, I would say words of affirmation if I can accept them, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what would you say if I, you, neither of us have gifts as our love language is there and neither of our spouses I know of our gifts, are they? Is, would gifts be one of your one of Laura's love languages there? No, she doesn't like things. Okay. I meant, uh, you know, if I got her a card or something like that or flowers or something, she'd be like, no, you know, that, okay. that does nothing for her. What, what about Amy? What if, what if uh, Amy is not a, a gifts person? I mean, from time to time she is, but – but overall, she's she's not that big of a she's more practical. Mm. And being a flower, a florist, there's you know flowers are out. But what I am thinking about doing is I'm thinking about bringing you flowers next year for Valentine's. <laughs> you know how they, uh, you know how the what, what's the girl Galentine's, you know okay the big things. First time I heard of that this year was Galentine's. Did you have you heard of that? I've never. This I don't year? even know what that is. Okay, so Galentine's. I heard this. This first time I heard of this year. It's where and apparently it's been going on for a couple of years where friends, girls that are friends. Um, get together to hang out or they 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 give each other cards and gifts and stuff like this having galentine's night so i'm thinking about guys i'm gonna bring you flowers now if i if i brought you in some flowers one day what would you think what did how did he mess up today <laughs> why is it you know guys we don't want flowers no but what if i called them broses Broses, <laughs> broses, broses. hey check this out beth where'd you get the flowers Ted gave them to me. Uh, Ted gave them to me. <laughs> uh, it'd almost be like that Jake from State Farm commercial. You know, it, 
Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Let me right. call Ted. Right, right. Yeah, they're broses. They're broses. Broses. So. Oh, my gosh. All right, so in this podcast, broses. we've taken our radio journey. We've taken our faith journey. We did that last month. This I want us to, and again, remember, it's a family, family-rated show here, um, our romance journey. Hmm. Do you remember how many girlfriends that you had, and what was your family's philosophy on dating and, and all of that? Because there's a lot of different philosophies on dating. Well, I can still remember my first crush. Yeah. I meant I was in kindergarten. She was in first grade. Her name was Tony McLean. And uh, that was back in Lompoc. And uh, I actually wrote her a love letter in a language called ITA. I don't know if anybody remembers that. And maybe you guys didn't have it. But in California, they had an, uh, an alphabet that was just made of sounds. And so like a TH was like a T and an H together, like a th. Mm-hmm. And then an ooh was like a double O together that looks like an infinity sign. And an A was an A and an E backwards um, smashed together. So I wrote, <laughs> my mom still has that. It's a love letter to Tony McLean. And uh, I, still rem- I still remember laying on the couch and writing this at like 7 a.m. in the morning um, to, to give it to her. And so, obviously, I guess it never got to where it stayed with mom. So that was actually my oh, so first who knows what could have happened? Yeah, really. And uh, God bless Tony McLean. But um, yeah, that was actually my very first crush. I can't believe it that I was already liking girls at at kindergarten. I, I had my mom was probably second or second grade, third grade. All right, there was a girl on my bus. Her name was Sandy Dem- Demony. Sandy Demony was mm-hmm. her name, and. Uh, um, and she lived in the neighborhood next to my neighborhood, and so the bus would drop her off first before me. And and one day I got up the nerve to get off the bus the same time, you know, and then I had to walk, you know, all the way back to my house. Ah, yes. So, um, but that was my and I, you know I don't think I ever went anywhere from there. Um, obviously, I was only second or third grade. Um, what else? What other girlfriends from there? Uh, let's see. When I, I I moved, actually, we, we moved across town and went to a new school called La Honda, and there was a girl who was German, and her name was Lydia. Lydia Metzler. That's what her name was, <laughs> Lydia Metzler. And she had a brother named Hans and a brother named Adolf. I thought you were going to say Franz. <laughs> and it, it was, it was Hans, Hans and Adolf and, uh, and Lydia. And um, just those striking German features for a fifth grader. Just in, you know, I meant she was in fifth grade. I was in fourth grade. So, I, you know, followed her around like a lost puppy dog. And she basically told me to take a hike. I mean, she actually got in my face and said, quit looking at me, quit following me. So oh, goodness. that was pretty crazy. So I would say... Um, on that side, but then there was this other girl that was like totally hounding me that I just had no desire to even look at or talk to or anything like that. Her name was Debbie Kennedy, and they're like, Brad, Debbie really likes you. She wants to go out with you. I was like, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't want anybody. I had a, uh, a crush on a girl named Julie, um, lived in the same neighborhood as me, went to the same school as us. And she didn't know I existed. <laughs> in fact, in fact, she had a crush on on some of my friends and and not me. And uh, I can remember skating around Champs Skating Rink. Whoa, uh, come on now. there, you know, and uh, by myself, you know, imagining that that, that Julie was on my arm Aww. skating around and everything like that. Oh my gosh! Did you do the skating thing? Oh gosh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Dude, every Friday and Saturday yeah. nights we were at the ring. I was on speed team for a little while. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. speed skates and okay. all that stuff. And then it got, after about you know three or four months of that, I'm like, all I'm doing is going around in circles. This is like dumb. This, you know, I'm gonna get outside that type thing. So, but yeah, we, we our elementary school would have skate nights where we'd head out there oh, and geez. do all that. Yeah, and a couple so, skate, yep. backward skate. I had a couple of girlfriends that uh, um, in my youth group at okay. church growing up, and right. of course I was more godly of a relationship there. Um, and uh, Kim was one of them. Tanya was one, and uh, and these are all, gosh, if they're listening to these podcasts now, they're like probably sitting on the edge of their seat going, "Don't you say anything? It's going to be embarrassing. Don't say anything embarrassing." But um, but I had a few girls. Karen, uh, Karen was good a girl. gravy, and man. Again, these are you know. How long did did your did most of your dating quote unquote girlfriend boyfriend relationships last when you're in that age? In junior high, uh, let's see. I didn't even have a girlfriend in junior high. I was too involved in Boy Scouts and stuff like that, so there was just never any time for that. Um, high school, uh, year maybe something okay. like that. Okay. I when I was in uh, um, high school, I remember our youth pastor preaching a, a sermon at a retreat one time, a message, and he said that he honestly believes that God has the perfect person that he created for you, your perfect match. Just like Adam and Eve, he'd have your perfect match. Okay. And so from that point on, I felt like it was my mission to find her. Oh, mercy. And so, you know, I, I was I was girl crazy. Now, I didn't have any relationships, you know, and I didn't have many, many girls who took me up on dates or anything like that. And again, it was all just... I wanted a relationship. There wasn't anything carnal about it or anything like that. I just right. wanted a relationship. Right on. And so uh, um, I remember my my longest relationship is when I was a, a freshman and a sophomore in college. And I dated a girl. Um, her name was Susan. Godly girl. Very godly girl. She's married, has uh, incredible kids. Um, and uh, she was teaching. She was a Sunday school teacher at her church, and I was a youth pastor at a different church, small church. And... We pledged to be, you know, pure until we got married and all that kind of stuff. And and we would push the boundaries, and then we'd start to feel guilty, and we'd pray about it and ask God to help us. And finally one day, because I would have kept on, you know, I would have kept pursuing it and uh, and everything, but God gave her the conviction to drop me like a rock. Wow. And uh, I was crushed. You know, after two and a half years in college, that's the age you're starting to think about, you know, hey, is this going to be my wife and that kind of stuff and everything. And then when that happened, I at college, I was like, every girl that walked by that halfway smiled at me or whatever, like, hmm, I wonder if I could take her out. I wonder if I could take her out. I want to take her out. You know, that type thing. And then my wife, God brought Amy to me. Um, she's lived in Chicago. And I lived in Louisville. I didn't know any. I'd never been to Chicago or anything like that. And uh, we met through my my home church. My brother in law was the worship pastor, and uh, I was the assistant youth pastor and recreation pastor. And she would come down and visit her sister, my my youth pastor or worship pastor's wife. And that's how that's how God brought Amy into the picture with us. And uh, and so we we met officially at the end of the summer because we were coming back from a mission trip, and she was there for the little get together that we had talking about, um, you know, the mission trip and things. And then we started talking and, uh, that Christmas we went on our first date. I DJed a skate night, a Christian skate night. My car broke down. Oh, geez. So I had to borrow my grandparents' car 
picked her up, took her, you know, actually she met us at the skating rink. And then afterwards we went and saw a movie and then the next morning went to church. And then I drove her home to Chicago after church. From Louisville. From Louisville, five and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. And then I stayed there for about an hour, turned around and drove back and did the overnight show at the radio station. And, uh, And then we got engaged in, I think, January, February of that year and got married that next July. How old were you? It was fast. I was 23. Wow. At that time. Wow. What about you? How'd you meet Laura, or were there any other significant um, actually, relationships you know, yeah, before Laura? Yeah, yeah, we got to back up. Um, around my senior year, um, I started um, dating women that were. Well, I'll, let me even back up. The people that I ran with were all geniuses. I, I don't know how I fell into this group because I was the dumb one. You know, but I mean, they would sit there in physics class and I would struggle, you know, with even knowing what a formula was while these people were acing all the way through their their tests and stuff like that. They all had, uh, geez, they all had like uh, 1600s on their PSATs and, you know, 36s on their their ACTs and stuff like that. I just ran with that group. And, and I guess it just, you know, to challenge me to get smarter and smarter and smarter. Well, about that time, I started... Um, quote unquote, falling for, I guess you could say, the smartest women that I could possibly find. And so my goal, my senior year was to go out with the valedictorian. Oh, wow. Janice Pate. Yes. And um, finally got a kiss from her after I graduated from high school. So yeah, I like was, on the cheek or like, oh, no, no, on. no. Oh, really? On. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. And um she never had a boyfriend before, and you know, but awesome chick. She's now, what is she doing now? She's like a professor of bio, biophysics at Yale. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so that's where Janice is, and she grew and up. And your up. kiss got her there. That, that was a start. It was incredible. <laughs> so all the from then on, I started dating women that were like. Just Mensa smart, just incredible. And it just really turned me on, I guess you could say, as being with incredibly smart women. They weren't the best looking thing on planet Earth, but they were so smart. So when I went to college, um, I met a a girl that actually looks like Beth. And um, her name was Marta. And uh, now throw Christianity out the window because it's, it's, it's not even there. But she was... The head of our class. I mean, wow. she was number one of 8,000. Mm-hmm. So I dated her. And then, um, you know, so that's how I went through college is dating the most uh, smart women as possible. And uh, it just kind of ebbed and flowed from there. I, I got to tell you the story, though, because as moving around, there was this girl in Oklahoma City, and her name is Mindy Leffler. And when I laid eyes on her the first time, I was just obsessed obsessed with this girl just totally obsessed uh just the right frame the right speech pattern the right everything and so oh my i this is the girl i'm going to marry this is the girl i'm going to marry come to find out that she had a terrible uh a terrible life and uh um she was uh almost psychotic and on meds and everything and Oh man, it was just I, I was just totally in love with her, and and um, I remember dating her for not dating her, but getting to know her for about a month, and then I said, I was sitting I was sitting in the production room at the radio station, and I heard this voice say, Brad, if you don't grab her, someone else is is going to take her right now, and I'm just like, oh my god, 
So that night I went over after I got off work and I said, will you be my girlfriend? And she said, yes, of course I would. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in heaven. <laughs> <coughs> I was just nuts, just absolutely just freaking out. The next morning, the Holy Spirit convicted me with that book that I want to burn called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Yeah, Joshua Harris. Remember that? I do remember okay, that. I taught so, that in youth group for a okay. while. So the Holy Spirit said, you cannot talk to this girl ever again. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I was I was dying. I was dying. I mean, I physically just kind of laid down and just cried. I had to call her up and say, I'm sorry. God said that I cannot talk to you ever again. Well, that didn't work. But for 80 days, I separated from her and just lost a lot of weight and just uh, just freaked out. Well, we were about to get back together again, and I got uh, um, the radio station um, made some changes. And so I wasn't part of them, so I went to... Um, Greensboro. Oh, man. But yeah, that was the one that got away. I remember there was one girl that God used a cigar to end this relationship. A cigar? A cigar. I was at band camp, and there was this girl that worked in the cafeteria. You know, she was a student, and, and she's working there. And uh, and I thought she was cute, you know. And so I told all my guy friends, I said, you know, Thursday night when we have our, our dance at band camp, yeah, I'm going to dance with her. I'm going to dance with her, blah, blah, blah. And so they, they, one of them told her that I thought she was cute or whatever. And, and so she started kind of making eyes at me as I came through the food line there at band camp. And so finally that night came, we got there for the dance. We all put on our, you know, cleanest t-shirt and shorts and, uh, and we're out there on the dance floor and, uh, and I saw her and I walked up to her and tapped her on the shoulder and said, Hey, can I dance with you? And she turned, Yeah. She had a cigar in her mouth. She was smoking a cigar. Are you serious? And so, so I'm dancing, you know, again, slow dancing where you have your know, hands on her hips and you're just kind of stepping back and forth, you know, in a circle type thing. And all my friends with their girlfriends or whatever, Sarah, they're looking at me and they're giving the, like, waving their nose, their hand in front of their nose, like, ooh, she stinks, you know, like kind of stuff, and cigars and stuff. So I, that was it. God, God kind of shut that down real a quick. A cigar. <laughs> it was gross. It was gross. Um, have you ever, did you ever have a relationship that you, well, you just said you shared one that you had to break off. Um, I had one that I had to, I had to break off and, and it was, it was about a, a year and a half, uh, a relationship, but I'll be honest with you after the first four or five months, I knew that we weren't right for each other, but it become habit at that point. Mm. And then it was at church. It was a, a girlfriend at church and, and I didn't want to upset her. I didn't want to, you know, make her, I was a people pleaser. I didn't want her parents or might not like me. So she would call on the telephone. Remember when we used to have phones that were attached to the wall? With the oh, yes, yes. And uh, and she would call and she'd say, hey, it's me. And say, oh, hey, how are you doing? And, that was and there was nothing. Wow. There was nothing. In fact, it got so bad. <laughs> this is bad. I would put the phone down and I'd go in the other room and play Atari with my brother. No or whatever, way, like that. And I'd come back every once in a while and go, oh, okay. Yeah, well, how was, did, what, did you go to school? Today? Okay, yeah, oh, okay. And I'd put the phone down. No and, go and, play and then after a while, I'd go, what? Uh, okay, okay. Hey, mom says it's time to eat. I got to go. All right. You know, oh my you gosh. know, but it's just, uh, um, so I finally broke it off with her because God brought another girl into the youth group. That Anyway, isn't it weird the way we date and the way we did all that? I was talking with uh, Mark Hall from Casting Crowns the other day, and he said that his 15 year old daughter has a friend. They're not calling it boyfriend, girlfriend, mm. but they do kind of like each other. And Mark has been mentoring this kid. Mm. And uh, they all went out on kind of a double date for Valentine, Mark and his wife and his daughter and this kid. And and he was we were talking about dating. And we said, you know what? Dating is just practice for divorce. Whoa. Is what he said. Okay. You know? And so it kind of struck me as funny. How, final, to finish up this segment here, 
how did you meet Laura? How did God bring bring Beth into your life? Okay, so I was uh, dating a real nice Christian girl. Um, her name was Mandy. She was the uh, quintessential Southern belle. She had blonde hair, blue eyes, freckles, came from a really good family, grew up in church, you know, and uh, I dated her for a while, and it was just boring. And uh, God was just like, you need to let this girl go because there's someone else that's in that I'm preparing her for, and I'm just like... Mandy, I'm sorry, this is just not going to work out. You know, this, I don't see myself having six kids and, you know, and living with your mom and dad forever. She was like one of those home, home girls and stuff like that. So anyway, um, three weeks later, um, went to a singles party, a Super Bowl party for our church. Um, and it, it was, um, we had something called accolades and that was all the singles across uh, Greensboro, Winston, Salem, High Point would get together and party, I guess yeah. you could say, get together for- Christian party. Yeah. You know, Bible studies and stuff like that. And, you know, and uh, I, I <laughs> the, the girls, they were just not hype at all, but I go and hang with my boys or something like that. So anyway, we all got together and we went to this party and um, um, we were just- trying to avoid this young gentleman called what we call the the horror boy. He just became a Christian and now he was having conviction about going to see horror movies. And um, some of us can see horror movies and some of us can. God, you know, just designed us that way. Um, Laura used to watch horror movies all the time. I never did. I mean, I just it wasn't my type of hype. I just was, well, you know, it doesn't do anything for me. So anyway, uh, horror boy got her in the kitchen and uh, I came in, stuck my nose in and said, hey, if you want the most literal translation of the Bible, you know, try the New American Standard. And she's like, you're right. And she ran out the door and left me with Horror Boy <laughs> so he can ask me all these questions about, well, do you think it's a sin if I go see horror movies? I said, well, that's between you and God. Have you been convicted by it? It doesn't say anything in the Bible, but this is personal conviction. Blah, 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 blah. So then my boys call me back and we don't, we don't, see, um, we don't see her for – two hours or something like that. I have no idea who this girl is and I could really care less. And then I was kind of trying to do a hookup with a girl that I met on the radio. So, um, and my singles advisor called me out on it. But um, <laughs> as I was about to walk out the door with my boys, um, she pops up like in a cartoon and goes, whoop, pops in front of me, shucks out her hand and goes, thank you so much for rescuing me from him. And I was like, no big deal, whatever. And she goes, well, I'll see you again. She took out her hat, and God said, that's your wife. And I said, yes, you will. Wow. And just like that. And how long was it till you were married? A year and a half. Wow. Yeah. Too cool. Yeah, Too yeah. Cool. And I mean, we went through some crazy stuff. I meant, I was on a plane during 9-11, and that was one of the big things uh, that brought us closer. I broke my leg during that time when I was dating her, and so she had to nurse me back to health. That oh, was another thing, too. And uh, Florence Nightingale. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't know this and because I never shared this, obviously, but my mom and dad are 2,000 miles away. So when I broke my leg, um, she had to stay with me in the hospital. And the only reason she stayed with me is because, well, I knew nobody. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. brand new to Greensboro, so she stayed with me. And I remember uh, the nurses are like, well, you can stay with him, you know, um, the whole time. And she's like, I don't even know this guy. <laughs> I don't even know this guy. I just know his parents are 2,000 miles away. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's how uh, that's how we met. So there you go, our romance journey, and there's there's a whole lot of other pit stops and things in there too. I'm sure. Hey, I want to remind you that besides this podcast, there's uh, um, another podcast that Partners Christian Media produces. It's called the Work Tech Fun, and it features Brett, Jared, and Deanna, three mm-hmm. of our uh, co-workers here, our team members, and uh, they get together and talk about just those things. What's going on in their work here at the radio station? They're all kind of the the digital people uh, and video and things, and what's the latest technology? Uh, things they talk about make my head spin. Uh, and then also just the fun stuff that they have around here, uh, around the Radio Ranch. So wherever you get podcasts, you might want to check that out. Brad, do you have a current favorite song that's out right now that we're, we're playing? Uh, let's see. What is um, – what's uh, tickling the the keys right now? Um, yeah, that trust from uh, – um, Seventh Time Down. Seventh Time Down. Yeah, yeah, that seems like one that uh, is resonating with me at the present time. And, you know, if you listen to the backstory, too, it's 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 really quite um, just remarkable. Uh, if, if you haven't heard the backstory before, Mikey, the lead singer, his wife had a miscarriage and while they were on tour. And, uh, you know, obviously Mikey broke down in tears and really couldn't focus or something like that. And it was just so cool how his bandmates came together and just... Uh, just loved on him to yeah. the point of no return and then said, you know what, it's just going to be a matter of trust to get you through this. And that's exactly what it, you know, we just, we just have to, you know, put it in God's hands. Sure. And I think that's one of the big things. I think the next one you're probably going to love is called, is from a new artist. Her name is Leanna Crawford. And we're going to start playing that this coming up Saturday here on J103. She's from Provident Record Label. And Matthew West discovered her hmm. and has kind of been grooming her and kind of uh, helping her work on her craft of songwriting and performing. She's already been on the stage with, of course, Matthew and Matt Marr, Jeremy Camp, and others. And her song is called Funeral. Funeral. It's called Funeral. Funeral. But it is anything but a funeral song. It's real upbeat, real mm. peppy. You're going to love it. And it's kind of based on 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, mm-hmm. the new creation has come. The old is gone. Amen. The new is here. And so the lyrics go, So I'm throwing a funeral, a funeral for the old me. Mm. I'm throwing a funeral, funeral for who I used to be. Mm-hmm. The new has come. The old is gone. Praise the Lord. I'm moving on. I'm throwing a funeral, funeral for the old me. Awesome. So that's Leanna Crawford. You'll okay. hear that coming up here really soon. All right. Any uh, any current observations from the from the trail? I know you okay, said you don't so, like running in the in the cold. No, 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 no. Um, you know, it's almost time to start getting that on trail. As you can see, some of the green is coming back on the trees. And uh, you know, uh, Beth was talking about this as we were going to Saudi Daisy. Uh, there's a, a haunt up there that we go get our desserts once a week. It's called Bread and Butter, and they got the greatest. Uh, they got these fudge brownies that have got this real chocolate topping on top but we usually go there once a week but we were coming back on 27 and she's like notice that the that uh all the green on the underbrush and i said yeah yeah it's almost time to start to hit the trail or something like that so um probably about two more weeks we'll start getting out on trail in fact she was going to tell me to get out on trail today uh because it's supposed to get up to 65 yeah, it's today. Nice today here real nice so we got that but uh, one of the things that i i want to say from on trail um i've added something to my diet and maybe this is something that you want to um maybe add to your diet too is um it's uh, a great time to add uh, the color orange the color orange is a great time at this time of year uh, not only oranges as in citrus, but oranges as in butternut squash and squashes or something Carrots. like this. Carrots would be a good one right about this time too. So good deal from from the trail. This is what we're adding to uh, this is what we're adding to the mix right now. Are 
orange-colored vegetables. There you go. Well, and also, the last time we did this podcast, um, we were getting ready to do the uh, Dancing with the Stars North Georgia. Yes. Uh, Brad was actually one of my backup dancers there with a yes. couple of other guys. And uh, I was the second loser. Or the first loser. First I was the loser. first loser. I was runner-up. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, in the most money raised, I got beat by uh, um, a team. The pro is an orthodontist here in town. And at the last minute, he wrote out a nice-sized check and put them over the top. Yes. But... If you've noticed, on my desk back there, I just got it on Sunday, we had this big uh, uh, kind of wrap-up event type thing, uh, and they presented me with the Spirit Award, because overall, after the event was over with, I still kind of raised some more money for it, for, okay. for primary health care. All right. And, uh, and so... They gave me the spirit for the most money raised. So, no kidding. So thank you for your part in that big time. And, and I will say this, dancing, line dancing, and all that, we've been doing all that, you talk about working out the hamstrings, oh, I bet. the calves, and your abs. Those are incredible. So if you've never taken line dancing lessons before, you want to do something fun that you can do with your spouse, Check it out. I think you'll love it. Yeah. All right. East Coast, West Coast. First signs of spring on the West Coast. Okay. So it's kind of different where I live because I live on the coast of California. And there's two, there's actually one saying that, you know, it's springtime, you know, on the coast when the fog stays in an hour longer. That's how you know that spot. But here's the thing I grew up, you know, on a ranch. So springtime meant it was time to. Uh, cut the cows, what they call it, yeah. brand the cows and cut their ears and, and such like that. So we really didn't like this time of year, my brother and I, because we were brush dogs. My sister got to ride horse and, uh, you know, and, and, and corral the cattle. My brother and I, and uh, let me back up, we have 1,500 acres mm-hmm. and it's all scrub. So it's just like low-lying brush and stuff like that. Well, the cows would hide in there. Well, we would be up at six in the morning up on top of the ridge cuts and stuff like that, trying to chase these cows out of uh, out of the fog, in and you know, and out of the, the the brush, so they could get down. So my sister and and mom and dad and everybody riding horse would you know get them into the corrals or something like that. So about this time of year, I look out and go. I remember this. <laughs> so yeah, the brush. We called it brush dogging. Brush dogging, and that was this time of year. You mentioned the uh, the daffodils and the jonquils and stuff yes. like that coming up, and that's what I've that for us that was spring when you start to hear. And for me, it's when you start to hear more birds singing. Okay, you know when you come out in the morning and you can actually hear those birds singing. To me, that means spring. And of course, you know those those days like today when you're going to have nice weather outside yes. and the wind actually is not so biting cold. Yes. to me that's when uh, um, it's spring what make what uh, makes you start to get excited for spring coming now um actually just the, the 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 temperature change is is basically um that just means i can stay outdoors longer um obviously you know the time change you know that means i can run longer and uh, it, it was just one of those things even in california uh, you i mean if any farmer knows you know you'd stay out and you would work until the sun went down so that's kind of in my heredity into my genes i'll stay out until that last glimmer goes over lookout mountain sure so you know well and speaking of that here this month we will be uh springing forward amen so we'll lose an hour of sleep which is you know will take some people adjust but no big deal Um, but it will be a lighter an hour longer and i love that more days yes 
Hey, the Hope Talk podcast is another podcast you may be interested in. That's Jared and Brett. And when I drove back and forth to, to Louisville here recently, um, I had an opportunity to listen to every one of the podcasts now that they've produced over this last year. And a lot of hope is shared through those. Hope for finances, hope for uh, raising teenagers, raising kids, for men in the church, and just all these different topics uh, that they cover. So wherever you can find podcasts, check out the Hope Talks podcast. All right, we're going to chase the rabbit. This is the first time that Brad and I on this Hoffa Day podcast have ever chased the rabbit. Chase and the, the rabbit. The rabbit I want us to chase today, Brad, real quickly, All right. is there's a big story here in Chattanooga. Yes. Um, downtown, there are two... Pilgrim's Pride poultry plants. Okay. And, you know, we've got these big giant tractor trailer trucks with the cages on them and the chickens coming down the road and and they go there. Well, they've been here since the 1950s, mm-hmm. those have. All right. Well, the area of town that they're in, the two different areas of town, is growing up with all this urban sprawl and, and, and townhomes and condos and all that. Well, if you've ever spent time around a poultry plant, it's not the best smelling place that there is. Because what they're doing, I mean, you've got chicken where you have chickens, you have litter mm-hmm. where you have chicken litter, you have stink and stench, especially in the summertime and things. So there's a big, big uproar right now over all these town high price townhomes and condos and things being built. Should they run the poultry plants out of town or what should they do? What do you think about that? They shouldn't have, they shouldn't have uh, put those townhouses there. I mean, if by, I mean, if those things have been there since 1950, they should have never put those townhouses out. They, they should leave those chicken plants alone. I meant they're well established. Um, there's no really place that no one else wants them to go. You know, not in my backyard. Right. I mean, you don't want them out in Ottawa or you Ringgold. Okay, you put a, a, a sewage treatment plant out in Ottawa. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Amen to that. But no, seriously, um, they made a mistake by putting those high price condos and stuff like that. I really think that they shouldn't touch the Pilgrim's Pride at all. I mean, I think the developers tried to pull a fast one by putting condos up and stuff like that. That's I, I'm sorry. That's got to be the stupidest thing I've ever heard. These Pilgrim Pride, if, if some of you are thinking, oh, come on, it's a stinky chicken plant. Get it out of here. Well, if you like eating at KFC... If you ever get chicken from Walmart, from Publix, from Wendy's, from Costco, the rotisserie chickens there, mm-hmm. guess where those come from? These two plants no right kidding. here. The majority of them there. One out of every five chicken in the United States comes from a Pilgrim's Pride poultry plant. No kidding. Yeah. that's I, I didn't realize they were that big. Hmm. Um, 54,000 team members nationwide work in wow. these chicken plants there. Um, I'll never forget one morning I was on my way to the radio station and you, you never want to drive behind a chicken truck, you know, a chicken, all those oh, yeah. stuff, feathers and things flying. And I could I could see it coming. It was dark. And so I pulled up. I merged on the left-hand lane. I'm coming up beside him. We'll pass it. And I look to the right, and you can see the different cages. You know, they're all stacked up there, hundreds of chickens on this truck. And as I'm pulling up to the truck, getting ready to get over to merge around it, I noticed what looked like there were chickens on the back of this truck. They weren't in cages. They were on the back of the truck like they're – all right, you ready to make a jump for it? Let's go. Let's no make a jump for it type thing. And then I pulled up a little bit farther, and sure enough, in between the cages, I guess one of the cages had gotten unlocked, and so some of the cage, the chickens were making their way out, so they were all making a break for it that morning. <laughs> They're driving down the road. But uh, um, uh, but true, true, true story. And then also, I had a friend of mine whose dad actually 
was a chicken catcher. A chicken catcher. Yeah, because every once in a while, these trucks would flip over or wreck or have an accident or one of the cages would fall off, and the chickens would escape. And so his job was to go out in the middle of the night to wherever these accident scenes were and catch the chickens. Jeez. That's what his job was. $50,000. Hey, what do you do? I catch chickens I'm a chicken catcher. Uh, I really am. Now, one of the things that they're talking about here in Chattanooga about doing is maybe finding a place that they can move the chicken plant to. You know, and kind of do a, a swap, kind of a public-private type swap type thing. Um, but one of our coworkers here made a good point. So, and that means the local tax people are going to be paying to move those poultry plants. That's true. That so, is very true. Anyway, just something to think about. All right, last two questions here, and then we're done. Would you rather spend the rest of your life with a sailboat as your home, or an RV as your home. Oh, I do an RV in a heartbeat. I mean, uh, uh, Beth and I just love to travel. So everything is brand new. Everything is brand new. And, and the reason I say that is you're on the ocean, yeah, and you can go to far and distant lands and stuff like that. But, you know, just to travel um, by sailboat is monotonous to me. I'll just say it's very monotonous and just water and stuff like that. So. And, and a lot of people dig it, and, and God bless you, but every turn of the wheel on that RV brings a brand new adventure. I remember when I, when I interviewed um, uh, for um, the PD position over at KISS FM back in 2007, um, I took uh, from Chattanooga all the way to Little Rock, Arkansas on 64, just because it was different. So Beth and I just love to travel. So every, like I said, every turn of the wheel is for us is brings something new. Hurricanes would be a big issue for me <laughs> if you're in a sailboat. Yes. If you're in an RV, you can always drive inland. You can always yes. drive away from the coast. I mean, I love the co- I love the beach. I love going to and the thought of being able to wake up in a different country. You know, I love that. Whenever we've taken a cruise, yes. we've taken like three cruises in our life. Um, but. Uh, um, I don't know. There's something about those hurricanes. I've seen the devastation of those You haven't gone through a hurricane yet, have the, you? I mean, I was in Orlando and drove right. running away from a hurricane, but I've never stayed in one point while it passed over me yeah. while the eye of the storm. Um, all right, last one. Would you rather have all the traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again? I mean, think about it. you go to a movie theater, you got to stand in line. You go to the airport to get the security, stand in line. You got to go here, stand in line at the restaurant, stand in line. Or if every time you came to a traffic light, every single time it was green. Hmm. I think I like to. I probably like to still stand in line because there's just very interesting conversations that go on around you if if you listen in. My wife Beth has taught me that that. Uh, to listen into other people's conversations. Now, I'm not like her, and I just butt in, which is kind of <laughs> whack. I'm like, oh, geez, come on, woman. Please don't embarrass me in the line of publics. But, you know, if, if, if they're talking about something that uh, maybe that uh, radio or, you know, uh, for, for me, trail running or something like that, I'll be like, oh, you know, um, hey, you know, I hate to butt in, but da 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 But, yeah, I, I find very interesting conversations to listen to while I'm lying, so I wouldn't mind standing in line. I, I can see that. You make a good point there, too, because there's a lot of things you can do. You can return email. You can do all that kind of stuff while you're in line. You can multitask. Um, but I don't know. There's something about getting up in the morning and knowing that, you know what, I'm not going to have any traffic lights on my you way. You don't need traffic lights at 5 a.m., do I, you? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I really don't. But any other time of the day, you know, I, I, I guess I would probably I'd probably choose that. I, I wouldn't mind standing in line um, all that time, you know, for that reason. 
I mean, do you eavesdrop on people's conversations? Sometimes it's hard not to. Well, understandable. <laughs> but do you find yourself, I mean... Do I interject myself in other people's conversations? Yes. Sometimes you do? I do. I, I don't, I don't so know. So in Publix, I'm... if you had no idea, and, and Laura, and Laura, and Beth does this, she will sit there and stare at the person and, and, and smile and, and shake her head and get closer and closer and closer. And then I'm just like, oh my gosh, I know, <laughs> I know where this is going. I know where this is going. And she'll just blurt out something. No, I, I'm more, now see, Amy would be more like you, and I'm, I'm more like Beth in this one here because uh, um, I, I, I mean, I'm listening. And if it's, if it's a natural, place for me to jump into the conversation or make a comment or something like that i will okay but i won't do it just for the sake of jumping in the conversation if it looks like and you just got to read the person yeah if the person looks like they're just having a conversation with the cashier and that's all they want to do they don't care about anybody else you can tell by the way they've acted so far you know then i then i'll leave them alone you know, but my wife is that way too. She'd be like, "Oh goodness, here he goes." You know that type oh, thing. So, this is the Half a Day podcast. I hope you guys half a day have a great day, and uh, um, we'll see you back next month. It'll be April, and it'll be Easter, oh, yeah. and oh, uh, yeah, and my birthday, April eleventh. Oh, hip hop hooray! Yeah, national holiday. Yes, indeed. I can't wait. I'll have to get you some broses. Some broses. You have been listening to the Ted and Brad Half a Day podcast.